0: Thank you. everybody and welcome to another episode of pod stallions i am brian and with me to my very far left west is jason how are you man
1: i'm all right sir how are you
0: i'm good uh very good uh it's very hot here i'm assuming it's hot where you are
1: it is it is it's been very hot and dry
0: very hot and dry yes
1: it used to sorry i just had an action
0: figure uh fall down thing here uh are you still there is that a euphemism no it absolutely not in this room i had an action <laughs> figure on top of my dvd player uh and that is what i was just uh, trying to do is grab the stack of movies I was watching because uh. our subject this week is what we're watching and um i don't know about you man but i have been kind of on a, a blu-ray buying binge Ooh. uh and I'm very susceptible to suggestion. And I have picked up a ton of stuff. Some good, some bad. So I thought we'd go through it. So um I'm gonna let you lead off and uh, uh, talk well, about it.
1: Well, I'll start by saying we're gonna we're gonna make this a slightly more condensed episode. Um we've both been a little crazy busy with stuff.
2: Well, absolutely, Apologies.
1: Yeah. For how long this is is taken to get a new episode, but we're going to record something new this this week, and something uh, will be up again um, uh, quicker. But I don't, I can't speak for you, but I certainly have have reached a, a an absolute burnout point <laughs> for many things. Um, where I've just had this. It's funny that you suggest this because the last I'd say maybe four, three, four weeks, I have just been going movie crazy with just watching things. In other words, instead of like trying to binge an entire series or even pay attention to the news or, you know, anything, I'm just going right to, to play movies. And I'm kind of getting lost in things. Sometimes I get in these moods where everything is connected to everything. So sometimes I can put something on and it's going to remind me of a certain summer, or a certain relationship, or a certain time in life, and I'm just trying to to put things on where I don't have to think, and I can just just let it go. Um, and a, a few weeks ago, uh, Turner Classic Movies was doing a Hitchcock thing, and you know, I don't think we and I have ever really talked about Hitchcock, but I'm a a pretty pretty good sized Hitchcock fan. Um, and I recorded a bunch, and I watched uh, the Thirty Nine Steps, which I haven't seen in. I don't know twenty some years, probably, and I was kind of astounded at how amazing it was, and just the the, the techniques that were in it, and um just just how everything sort of be, comes out fully formed that he did for the rest of you know some of the stuff he held over from his silent days and then just everything that came after um how crisp the script was and everything, which then led to the next one and the next one. So I pulled out my my Blu-ray set of of Hitchcock and I spent, you know, a couple of weeks going in and out of uh, Hitchcock movies I hadn't seen in ages. And then watching all the extras and stuff, which then led to taking out my Bogart set and, you know, a few other things and just trying to just trying to get lost in in older movies for a change which I haven't done in a while. So I've been doing uh, a lot of that Um, and it's been uh, kind of cleansing. It's been nice. To yeah, that's like a good use of your time, actually. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's you know, it's all stuff that I've seen before, but sometimes you just need to be reminded, and it's just kind of a comfort, you know. Even like Psycho, Psycho is one of those movies that, you know, it's it's like Jaws. It's so, you know, it is what it is. It's so iconic that, you know, it, it gets talked about so much. But um, unlike like I've never been a fan of Vertigo. I know Vertigo is everyone goes nuts for Vertigo, but it's never been one of my favorites. But but if Psycho just becomes looms so large that sometimes you leave it alone for five, ten years, and when you go back to it, you really do have this moment of just like, oh my God, this is really a stunning piece of, of filmmaking. And
0: the, the only thing I don't like about Psycho, and it's something my wife and I both uh, talk about, is Doctor exposition at the end. Um,
1: yes. And you know who he is, right?
0: Um, no, not off the top of my head. I don't know now.
1: Cause it, I, you know, I'm watching it again and it, and it occurs to me. And then of course there is, he is Dr. Exposition and it's yeah. a little, it's a little ridiculous. No, man, you see you mother? Know, no, man. Like you're like, oh, bro. and all I'm thinking of is he's it's called boss. On the oh, night is that Simon night. Oakland? Simon Oakland. Holy crap. So I didn't know that. Be- it's even more difficult for me to take it seriously. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't believe I'm wait, this. I'm wait, and then Kolchak took those pictures. You know, yeah. I'm waiting for Kolchak to walk in and, you know, <laughs> you know, snap his butt with a towel or something. <laughs> uh, so yes, I, I, I completely, I mean, I, I try to, you know, I think that every time I, I see it, it gets to that point and I go, somebody, this, this could have been handled differently. But on the other hand, it's kind of like, this is information that's coming at an audience that's never heard stuff like
2: this. Oh,
0: I I get it. I you do, know, especially at that does, time like you and I would get that a lot quicker than um yeah, yeah. no it's yeah. It,
1: it does kind of take the needle off the record because because so much of the rest of it is so unsettling. Even yeah. even the even the lead up, you know, before she gets to the motel, it's unsettling, you know, without anything really creepy happening, it's just the way he shoots it, it it makes you anxious um but yeah when you get to that point it's suddenly like here's this big scene and it goes on forever and and it's it's the tone of it it's the way he's delivering the information too that that almost makes it seem like it makes it seem lighter than it should be kind of the way he mm-hmm. delivers it that's always bugged me you're right it's that same that same thing um so anyway so that that's been fun just just diving back into in-
0: <laughs> it's, you and i are always this way it's like hey jason what have you been eating well i've been having caviar and i'm eating a gas station hot dog
1: um <laughs> cinematically speaking because i'm just well we'll get to that i might have a few surprises and stuff. Uh, i watch a lot of garbage I, and i, I know it. With, i thought i'd yeah. leave with the fence while you while you went with your jim varney box set if you wanted to go <laughs> I can't afford that
0: um <laughs> The the first thing I wanted to mention was, and this is something that might shock some people, but it would be the Dino De Laurentiis King Kong. I have never seen this. Um,
1: that that is shocking
0: to me. Yeah, it is. It
1: is. It's. it's I've seen bits of it, but um, it comes along with a lot of weird. You have these little inconsistencies that keep me on mm-hmm. my toes that don't yeah. make any sense in any no, logic. I don't add up. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't, you don't, if it were a murder trial, you'd go, but look at all the evidence. Of course he's seen King Kong. Of course <laughs> it involves Mego and our childhoods. Of course he's seen it. And then you're like, Nope, never seen the whole thing. So I've never, never seen the whole thing. Um, how could you ever have seen this movie? Okay. There's
0: the number one reason was, um, and being a Crestwood book reader enthusiast, um, The number one reason I never saw it as a kid or tried to watch it as a kid was that I was told in the schoolyard there were no dinosaurs in it. And, uh, which is true. And the minute that you, you know, when you told, you know, nine year old Brian there's no dinosaurs in something, I don't want to watch it. Um, Hmm. I just really had that kind of snobbery going on. (laughs) Um, explains why you avoided. Maud, all those years i never avoided Maud. <laughs> i was drawn to it like a moth to a flame um are you kidding me <laughs> i actually remember something walter uh said to Maud's grandson um walter was drinking heavy once and, and there's an episode where he's he's saying he's telling him how to pee and he's saying mm-hmm. porcelain on or uh water on porcelain is silent or something like that uh because wow <laughs> it's it being yeah so I, i'm a mod fan uh so i i never watched it and then a good friend of mine um lent it to me uh in the 90s but i passed out twice trying to watch it but in my 20s i used to i used to fall asleep in bus shelters and malls that was that was pretty normal and um so I, I i just never watched it and then i was watching uh a member of our pod stallion space group ray castile who has a um an amazing little youtube channel called uh, i shouldn't call it little um uh ray uh, ray castile's basement of horror where he just uh it's it's very open camera kind of format where he just talks about monster toys and this guy's been collecting monster toys as long as you know like i think I think he was doing it in his teen years like i was so he knows his stuff Mm -hmm. and uh i mainly watch it because he he knows stuff about stuff i don't collect Mm
2: -hmm. you know
0: like that that's what i watch i watch stuff about other people talking about you know uh things i don't collect and will never collect and i'm just fascinated with the nomenclature and that sort of thing and he he did a live stream and i checked it out when it was on and he mentioned how much he liked the rick baker commentary on this um this Mm blu-ray and i thought I I I I'm going to just go on a limb and say you like commentary.
1: Um it it you know what it's funny it, it, it depends. Um um it's kind of I don't do it often. Um but if I'm intrigued enough by the names, you know, I'll I'll you know on shows sometimes I'll go back and watch a couple episodes with the commentary. Um but yeah, it it depends, but I I'm not yeah, uh, yeah I was really into it when the laser disc scene was happening when when, when that oh, was, yeah, the was only so way. new
0: and fascinating yeah. yeah
1: yeah um so it it depends if it's you know commentary by the craft service lady that was on the movie yeah. it, you know no um yeah. but it, it depends but so baker does a great uh commentary yeah and, and
0: I, I haven't actually listened to it yet but that um that made me um like all right i was you know watching the thing okay Add to cart. I want to like you know I'd never seen this Kong. Let's sit down and watch this. Like <laughs> and, and I want to just point out that I own like every terrible King Kong knockoff on oh, Blu-ray. We,
1: oh, we we know. We, yeah. we me and the audience know that you've seen every Kong thing ever. And that's yeah. why we're all people have pulled off the road and they've passed out <laughs> yeah. at this point. So i
0: i i am no longer a um de laurentis kong virgin i watched the whole film and uh it's a vi- oh no it was it was a good film it, it um it's it's got that uh that 70s uh cynicism to it so that it you know like that we're not gonna take ourselves totally seriously um and there's some there's some silly stuff in there uh but it is what it is it's a it's definitely a nostalgic trip and um yeah it's, it's definitely not a bad film
1: it's, one of, it's I, one of that i when i think of it i think of i think more of seeing the poster i think more of seeing some merchandise i think more you know like lunch boxes and things yeah like, it was everywhere I think of that much more than i ever think of the the film i think i've seen it maybe once or twice i remember mm. i think the first time i think i might have seen it in the theater, but I don't remember. But I remember seeing it when it aired on ABC or whatever it was. And I just remember even being a kid being struck by, you know, and I, I think I knew who Jeff Bridges was, but that might have been the first thing I saw him in and noticed who he was and then started to notice him in things. Um, but I was struck by how often he put his hands through his hair in the movie. <laughs> it is non- stop it's like a drinking game take a drink every time bridges puts his hands through his hair because he's got that long hair and the beard um and it's a, it's an interesting choice for the lead too because he he's such a good looking guy i mean he is a you know he's a he's a you know he's a he's a he's a he's a pretty he's, he's a handsome guy you know and they they really make him look like you know he's a roadie for the Almond brothers in that in that movie yeah you know? It's a weird choice for the for the lead. I know everybody had beards then or whatever, but he 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 definitely looks like he's he's doing the sound check or something, you know. And then um, uh, Sibilance. <laughs> yeah, and Grodin of course is in it. And then is it? I think it's Lang's first film, maybe. Is it Jessica Lang's first movie? It's it's one
0: of her early films, it, it definitely. I don't know if it's her first film.
1: And I remember the name because it's it's isn't it Dwan? It's like dawn. Yeah,
0: and- yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, that um, that was very interesting. Um, the 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 way they tried to flesh out those characters, I, I found yeah. that really interesting. But,
1: but I don't um, I don't remember it just being a bit of a slog. But but um but it's it's more the nostalgia of it because it was a big deal at the time that it uh, when it
0: hit. You know, to be perfectly honest with you, I think I liked it better than the Peter Jackson version.
1: Um. I I I don't like the Peter Jackson movie. I got to tell you, it's too busy. It's It's too busy. It's too um. It loses me at the ice skating. (laughs) I had a good friend of mine, the same good
0: friend that uh, lent me the VHS. Um, he asked me. I watched. I think he gave me a copy of it, and I watched it. And then, um, he said something to the point of like, you know what, that movie needed more of that young Jack character. And I just I just started really laughing at that because it was a really <laughs> subtle joke. Cause I, you, you just don't even know why that character
1: gets so much spotlight in the film. But it, there's so much in it that just doesn't need to.
0: Yeah,
1: it's it, so the, the, the 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 ape is incredible. I mean, it's circus and it's the 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 effects are amazing. It's just um, it's I just I salt though my two cents. The Skull Island and the new uh, Kong versus Godzilla. To me, that's that's Kong. I'll take both of those any day. I love I, Skull I, Island. I haven't seen Godzilla versus King Kong. Again,
0: I, I know. I know. Again, I an keep, keeping
1: everyone on their fricking toes. Well, this you'll appreciate, I think, since mm-hmm. you're Canadian or you claim to be Canadian. Uh, yeah, as far as you know. Um, I've been on a Cronenberg kick. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, and I don't. I think it might have been Videodrome that kind of set it off because I picked up Videodrome. The Criterion and um, just went through all the extras. And I hadn't seen it in a long time, but I was shocked at how, once again, you come to something, you know, years later. And I was like, man, Cronenberg, Cronenberg saw everything coming around the corner. You know, you know, the the titillation, you know, the the overstimulation of media and people wanting more and more and pushing the envelope and stuff. Um, it's all there in in Videodrome, and I forgot how extreme it gets. And of course, it's got Debbie Harry in it, so it's a winner uh, for me. But that led to rewatching Existence, which I hadn't seen since it came out. Oh, my friend Sean did that. That's a great movie. It, it's mm-hmm. really good. Very, you know, all if you if you know Cronenberg stuff, you know some of his themes, but you know body horror. Yeah, body of, horror. Yeah things and there's plenty of that in both of those uh which then led to naked lunch and I'm about to watch crash which I haven't seen since it came out um and what was the other one that I was going to do with, with 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 of his um oh and I also watched uh rabbit I found
2: oh wow rabbit I haven't seen that in forever is um something
0: that i have a couple of funny stories about one was when i rented naked lunch uh i rented it with a friend of mine i think we were in our early 20s and i grabbed a six pack of beer and we were going to watch this movie and we both weren't prepared for its tone you know um <laughs> and, and neither of us felt like drinking i remember i think i had one beer out of that six pack and went yeah and uh, about two years ago maybe you saw the photo i went to a huge outdoor flea market just outside of toronto yes and
1: i ran into a prop yes that's yeah. right really- yeah and um
0: that's
1: right it, it is i mean i i hadn't seen it since it came out i saw it at the uptown theater in minneapolis i think um and uh i hadn't seen it since and I was once again really surprised I I, you know I think it's a a worthy film I think it's everybody should see it it is certainly not going to be everyone's cup of tea um I admire it for what he was trying to sort of do but it is not a pleasant film it is just it is just um it is strange and it's almost like you know strange to the point of trying to be strange but I don't think so it's just and again i've never i've only read part of the book i couldn't really get through much of that stuff but um but you know weller's peter weller's in it and 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 judy judy davis and um ian Holm and roy scheider and you know it's got you know all these great faces in it but it's a it's an odd it's an odd film um to say the least so anyway so that made me think you know the canadian thing made me uh Because he really is, and and actually, it's funny on this on the on the Videodrome Criterion. There is a really cool uh, interview done for Z Channel in '82 with Mick Garris conducting the interview, and to his left is John Landis, John Carpenter, and David Cronenberg. And Landis uh, was prepping whatever his next thing was going to be. They didn't say at the time, but he had finished. You know, American Werewolf had come out already. Carpenter was about to release the thing, and Cronenberg was in post on uh, on Videodrome. And you look at the three of them; it looks like it's like Landis looks like the annoying kid that won't shut up, that's fidgety and might have some kind of you know issues. Carpenter looks like the guy that sells you weed, and Cronenberg looks like the the normal, you know, uh, husband in suburbia that probably belongs to a book club and keeps people buried in the basement when you, when yeah. you watch it. They're yeah. just, it's just such a, but the three of them, it's like these seminal things in their lives, you know, and, and, you know, the thing was about to come out and w- w- was a disaster, you know, bombed and couldn't, you couldn't find a good review of it. Oh and, yeah. It was so brutal. Videodrome uh, put, put Cronenberg more on the map. Cause it was, he was following up scanners and scanners was huge.
0: Yeah. And, Videodrome was big here because, um, at the time, you know anybody making waves in Hollywood that was yeah. Canadian, yeah. was going to get a lot of press here. And I remember uh, Videodrome had a lot of of publicity here. And and of course, there's some Toronto like um, radio personalities in that film. Um, you know, <laughs> like he used to cast Canadians in the films. And, and yeah, there's uh, that guy
1: shows up in he shows up in Naked Lunch and Existence and uh drone he's that he's got that really long face kind of an underbite balding um oh, i can't think of his name but he shows up in a lot of cronenberg stuff and he's a he's a canadian actor um because you know lou lou what's his what's lou albano who's the guy i always talk about the bald guy oh yeah lou del grande lou del grande is the guy that explodes in um in scanners yeah yeah, I mean, which I didn't realize until many years later. Daniel Grandi is not Canadian, by the way.
0: Oh, what is he? He's an American. He moved oh, really? to Canada to um to, to make it? To make it, I guess. Yeah.
1: Speaking of Rick Baker, I forgot that Baker did the effects for Videodrome. Did he really? So, yeah, he had just finished with, with Landis. And um so you're sitting there and like Carpenter had worked with Rob Botine on the thing who um you know uh, Baker was originally going to do the howling and then Landis said oh I got American werewolf is happening and shit I told you I would do that so he left that through the howling botine you know to, to Dante and then um uh Baker ends up uh botine ends up doing the thing and then Baker ends up moving on to Videodrome and all three guys are, are there being interviewed by Mick Garris I thought that was kind of a, a cool Oh one. that's wild yeah,
0: yeah. um the one thing about Videodrome that always makes me laugh is that um, my wife, my then girlfriend in college, um, had to take uh, to take a media course. And I can't remember, but they made her watch Videodrome Oof. and do a paper on it. And she friggin hated it. And <laughs> um, she's never warmed to the film. Uh, she thought it was stupid, you know, <laughs> I had to hear about it for a very long time. And. As a result, if something has James Woods in it, she's not interested.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> to yeah. <this> day. <laughs> Which is understandable, even before Videodrome, kind of. I I always found him annoying, but um, he he plays a good sleazy dude. It's a it's a weird. It, it it's kind of linear at first, and then it just goes batshit. Yeah. Crazy, and I I like it for for. Here's the thing about Cronenberg that that I admire is. His consistency. I mean, he's never really. I mean, you get every now and then. He, you know, like the fly. I mean, the fly was a big Hollywood movie, really. I mean, if you if you think about it, compared it to stuff that he'd done, but it was a massive hit. But it still was totally a Cronenberg film. And yeah, then,
0: it was uncompromised. Yeah, and I agree. Dead
1: ringers. You know, I remember Jeremy Irons winning for um, what's the what was the movie where he played Von Bulow? Um, Glenn Close mm. was oh so yeah. nice. Yeah, whatever that yeah. was when he won the Oscar, he said, he, I remember his speech, and he said, I don't, I'd like to thank David Cronenberg, uh, to put me in Dead Ringers. And he basically was saying, That's what I kind of thought I'd get a nomination for was Dead Ringers, but he didn't, and it, because it was such a strange film. But just about everything Cronenberg's done has had that, that Cronenberg, um, feel to it, even like a history of violence, um, mm. yeah. It's it's it still feels like a Cronenberg flick. But when it when it goes violent, you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's Cronenberg, you know, for sure. So I've always I've always admired him. He's one of the few Canadians besides SCTV and you <laughs> and Rush. No, I'm kidding. I, I love Canada. Come on. I'm just I'm honorary Canadian. I'm from the Twin Cities, for God's sake. We're um,
0: you're, 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 you are on the same the same wavelength. Absolutely. It's, it's colder there than in Toronto. Yes, believe me. I am further south than you, growing up.
1: So what's the next thing that you watched that everyone thought you'd seen at this point, but you've never actually seen?
0: Um, It was something I'd seen. Uh, Another member of the uh, Pod Stallions group had posted, I'm not sure if he posted in the group or on his own, a movie called Fear No Evil. And I had seen that since i was a kid and there's a very special connection to that film for me that has nothing to do with the film itself um the preview for that movie used to play in a loop like we used to have a channel promoting our um, pay, t- pay tv channels
2: uh-huh.
0: and um they would play the you know the trailers for the movies incessantly you know like and, um, I only had like 12 TV channels, two were in French. So I would occasionally just like sit there and watch the movie trailers over and over again as, okay. as, as a 10, 11 year old. And the trailer for fear, no evil had two songs in it. Um, it had blitzkrieg bop, I believe. Mm. And it had, um, uh, uh, anarchy in the UK.
2: Hmm
0: and um you know i i i didn't grow up in i you know i grew up in kind of like rural toronto mm-hmm. and so hearing that like i must have listened to that i must have watched i was watching that trailer just to hear that song over and over again mm-hmm. and it that trailer is um semi-responsible for my lifelong love of punk music oh and um so I didn't actually watch the film until I was in my 20s. I rented it once. Okay. And um so I'm not you know i barely remember it. So I watched it uh I, you know somebody posted it and I got the uh, Rich posted it and I got the feels and I you know added it to cart. And it's a Shout Factory release so there's some nice bells and whistles on there. Uh-huh. But basically what it is is it's sort of like uh I guess I guess I'd call it like um like the exorcist and Carrie, Um, you know, this kid is the Antichrist. Oh no, sorry. Like the, the omen and carry. So it's is like, this,
1: wait a minute. Is this the one with, um, Robert Powell in it? Uh, Robert uh, British, pa- British, Robert Powell, early eighties.
0: It's, it's the, the lead in this film is Stephen Argrim, who was, uh, the kid off land of the giants. Okay. Um, uh, okay. I don't think I don't know who Robert Powell is.
1: He played uh, he played uh, la 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 la. He played Jesus and nazareth in the um, the miniseries. Uh, he he was in uh, did a lot of Ken Russell movies. Big bright blue eyes. You'd recognize him if you saw him. Okay, no, I don't okay. think this is the same
0: one. This was okay. a film, and it's weirdly enough, it's made not far from me. It was made in Rochester, New York.
2: Oh, and, okay. Um,
0: I I think I've spoken to a couple people who've said, oh yeah, that that's my high school. they filmed that in which is kind of funny but it's um it's an interesting film it's it's definitely like um he you know the kid is the antichrist and there's also archangels coming to stop him and uh it it, you know it's 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 a very interesting take on um it's, it's a very early 80s film so to speak um i'm Is enamored it, with it because it, of watching that trailer as a kid
1: I, something easy to find streaming
0: i do not know uh yeah. no i don't think so that's why i purchased the blu-ray oh, okay because i could not find it on any streaming service and um i think the next billionaire will be the guy who just invents an app that you plug in a movie title and it goes yeah you don't you don't own this you don't have any access to this on stream right
1: because you gotta yeah. search well it's funny. That's a good segue and mm-hmm. to, to keep the Canadian theme going. Mm. Uh, uh, the new Amoeba uh, opened up a while ago. And so uh, a couple, couple of visits where I take stuff in to trade in and get some credit and go a little crazy. And uh, I got the box set uh, Kids in the Hall. Uh, every series and then Death Comes to Town is all in this same box set, which isn't streaming anywhere. They're not. None of this stuff is streaming. You can find you know certain episodes or sketches on on youtube and brain candies on youtube um but i've been i've been (laughs) dipping into that quite a bit as well i got real nostalgic because of the the new series they're doing for amazon and um on their twitter feeds you know mccullough and thompson and and um uh 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 Who's, I'm trying to think of who the other one who's who's actually posting. Well, those two are uh, Foley. Foley's posting more too. Mm. Yeah, you know, he post- is. photos and updates, and you know, yesterday, the other day was the last day of shooting, and I started to get real nostalgic, and I hadn't seen a lot of this stuff in a long time, and I was just, just, just brings me joy, just makes me laugh, and and so much of it holds up, and it's they're so good. Um, so that's it's crazy nostalgia
0: for me because I was living in Toronto at that time. Right, and you you see so many landmarks and things, you know, like you know where they filmed, and yeah, that that totally blows me away now. Like I can watch it just to look at the scenery, like where they're filming.
1: Well, you know what i what I find about it too is they they're not afraid to go scatological, they're not afraid to go to to, to delve into crude. But yeah. They, but they never. It's 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 a tiny percentage of the body of the stuff that they've done. You know, there's there's a gentleness to them that that makes them a great hybrid of of Python because they're obviously influenced by Python and SCTV. Oh yeah. You know, and and some of the some of the you know some of the bonkers stuff I never like. I never liked the guy with the cabbage for a head. You know, I never really that never that never made me laugh. Plenty of stuff does, but that just never made me laugh. But you know Thompson doing Buddy, you know his monologues. I mean, just
0: just brilliant.
1: His oh, I was just
0: thinking of Kevin McDonald's Buddy Holly, which is just awful.
1: <laughs> McDonald's Buddy Holly. Kevin McDonald to me is the is the unsung hero of the of the troupe. Uh, uh, so he's like uh, the Joe Flaherty. He kind of, yeah, he's, he's always kind of like this, you know. But he just he there's something he, manic he brings to everything he does. Yeah. <laughs> And McKinney, when he plays a woman, Foley's the sexiest of any of them in drag. Yeah,
2: he's
0: the hot mama.
1: But, yeah. But McKinney, McKinney does this woman voice that just—it just makes me laugh. It's just—it's just, it's just kind of perfect. And um, and and I hadn't seen Death Comes to Town probably since it since it originally aired. And mm. I I couldn't believe how funny that was. I forgot how good it was. And then Engine, I watched What's that?
0: It's filmed in Norby. Um, my my aunt lives there.
1: Well, she, maybe she shows up in the in a scene. In the I, I looked for I looked for TT. No, she's not in it. Um, uh, so uh, that's been that's been uh, that's something that you couldn't can't find streaming. And on that note, the other thing I got, which I know we've been talking about for a long time, and I think I ordered it twice and it didn't show up, and I canceled and I got a refund, etc. And then I finally found it um through uh, Amazon UK is the is the full entire series of Blake 7 on DVD wow. region 2 DVD and um this particular copy I believe is from Germany because all the all the menus are in German oh yeah and you get no subtitles to whatever now I don't know how much of the show you've seen I've probably watched the first
0: two seasons And then I tap out.
1: I'm just going to say that as low budget as Doctor Who always was, and, you know, you could see the paint drying and (laughs) the seams ripping and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Freaking Doctor Who feels like, you know, (laughs) like, you know, Lord of the Rings compared to Blake Seven. Oh, so Blake said, yeah, and that's
0: it's got the same kind of production quality as like the Tomorrow People.
1: Oh my God! Yeah. Just, like, like, like from the from just the audio and hearing things move and you know holding a prop and knowing it's not metal and it's made of leather, but it's spray painted silver and everything. Yeah, there, uh, there's
0: a lot of that. There's a lot of one take shots.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes like, sort of rehearsed fight scenes that still seem kind of rehearsed, and so so I'm trying to just, I try to just embrace it, sometimes it's just kind of on in the background well, um, I, yeah, it, the thing
0: about that show is it is so ahead of its time in concept,
1: yes absolutely. and
0: tone but execution it is so, like, it is ten years too late, like um, you're right, like, it, it is a very, almost... Well, it's the budget. It, it you know, BBC is a professional but organization.
1: It's budget. Yeah. yeah. If if it if it had been on film and had a bigger budget, you know, the the writing is very good. I mean, there's very mm-hmm. it's very it's 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 these are not particularly pleasant characters. They don't no, get along. I, I would you say know? that most
0: like post nineties, like Battlestar Galactica, that sort of stuff, that like a lot of that stuff owes itself Absolutely. like like seven a a do because blake seven was kind of the trend setting um yeah.
1: you know series at the time anyways um and the and the the thing between uh avon uh played by paul darrow and yeah. blake, um that's like this this combative like you don't know if you can trust him kind of thing now I'm, I'm only on i just started season four so i i know i know how it ends but i'm gonna you know i, have, I don't know how we get there but um you know, you can you can see how he became the breakout character. Yeah. And why he's so and and the the woman uh I forget her name now, played uh Servalan, the the the, the, oh, the Jackie, galactic,
0: Jacqueline Pierce.
1: Jacqueline Pierce. I mean she's She was just, the
0: reptile in Hammers the Reptile. That's right. That's and right. she's getting an action figure this month.
1: And she was um she was in your favorite uh Colin Baker Doctor Who uh
0: story, The Two Doctors. Oh, they're all my favorites.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so there's great. And, and Darrow is just, you know, he's as camp as Christmas. I mean, he's so he's so over the top and so, you know, twirling his mustache kind of. But um, but it's it's you're right. You're absolutely right. Like the, the vibe of it, that it's 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 kind of interesting to me that it became that it was a hit show. I mean, I looked it up. And it was saying like season one, it was getting like 10 million viewers per episode. Mm. And then they renewed it, and then um, it was it did it did well enough to do it to do a third, but um you know Blake didn't want to come back. Yeah, they get the guy, but then apparently they they think season three, that's it. They're done. They are done with this show, it's over. And apparently, like the night the last episode aired um the controller at bbc made a phone call like let's do another season and mm. all, what and then so everybody had to hustle to get the fourth season uh, out there but the ratings had gone down but some guy just went yeah let's do it so they did another season but um it's a strange show but it's been interesting to to finally catch up I,
0: i'm i'm a fan i i respect it i really like it yeah. but yeah it's uh
1: i can't believe it's never gotten some sort of remake um i was thinking the same thing like like and again i looked it up and apparently darrow i think at some point darrow had had tried to acquire the rights
0: yeah he was he and and i don't know much about paul darrow uh career wise or anything like that but i I think he he really embraced that like that was his moment of fame and um Uh, yeah, it just, you know, it's it's strange to to think that because it didn't get the international popularity that Doctor Who did.
1: Right. That um, like the Corgi, it got some annuals. There was never much. The, in the Corgi
0: way. that none of us knew where it was from and we flew it backwards. Right. Uh, <laughs>
1: exactly. Because even that is it's a weird design and you go, it doesn't make sense that it would go that way. But that's hmm. one of the interesting things about I mean, some of the design, the weapons are kind of cool. It's it's.
0: I got hooked uh, on that show in high school. It played on YTV when I was about, I think I was about 17. And I remember watching like a marathon of it on a Saturday going, this is
1: great. But then, I, you know. I, I saw it. I, I remember, I think it was on PBS. And I saw some of it, but I, it just never hooked me. And I must have been whatever age I was was just like, I don't know, I don't, you know, because it was not Doctor Who, it was it was something else. And but you're right. It it has it has an interesting tone. And the, you know, the, they're they're not they don't they don't they're arguing all the time. Like that you just don't know who you can trust on this thing. And 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 so I think that what Darrow wanted to do was have his character come back or something and be the elder, you know, sort of the the Charlie with, you know, Charlie's angels or something or be the you know the the older guy, like like when Steed came back for New Avengers, you had the younger ones doing the action and stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it never happened. And I think why doesn't some? I think if somebody remade that now, I think it would it would do really well. Like like it's got the grittiness and it would fit in with everything else that's out there. You know, you could still do it. Yeah, I uh, you, know? you
0: know, it would be um, it'd be hard to watch it because they would you know. I mean, look at the casting in that show. Like the lead man, the leading man, he's not a handsome dude. <laughs> um, no. You know, I no 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 offense to Gareth Gareth Thomas, but you know he was kind of like a paunchy middle aged guy.
1: Yeah. And um, that's you know you don't you won't get that anymore. You know. And there's, a, there's one episode in the second season where they're all in a meditation room and they're kind of barefoot and they're like doing yoga and shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Just, just, just just stuff like that, that very much dates it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it again, it's hampered by the, by the budget. Oh yeah. yeah, a Weird looking cast. And, um, it's a strange, a strange show. I get why people love it.
0: Yeah. I, I, I am very fond of it. I just, I, I have, um, I have pirated copies of all the episodes. Somebody sent them to me once. Like, I just mentioned I liked it, and then I, I got an email that's like, download this, and I was like, oh my god. And like I said, I've I've probably watched the first two
1: seasons, and then I just can't. Because um, the new guy, I forget the new guy's name. The new guy comes in, and now yeah. the team, the team is reduced by like two. So
2: yeah.
1: It's like Blake's four, yeah. but if you include the computer the big square thing they carry around then it's like blake's five is it kind of
0: yeah it, it just you know if it was streaming i don't know um
1: that's the thing it's not streaming it's it's no on, it's not
0: to... it's not on brit box it's not on anything
1: yeah Pretty strange actually so there there's a little bit of coney island hot dog for you <laughs> uh, <Le Mignon. laughs>
0: The yeah okay no uh, but i still respect that um I picked up a movie that I have never seen but I I got this bored. Um a movie called uh Doctor Butcher MD.
1: Oh, and, actually um he was my uh my uh urologist for a while. Oh, was he? Well, wow, that's yeah. a
0: brutal name. Uh unfortunate last name. I, I remember uh, French there was a there was a doctor in uh my town named Dr. Ballard. And I always thought that was funny because Dr. Ballard was the name of a brand of dog food in Canada. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Yeah. Um so this movie was actually what I what I discovered was this movie was actually two movies. It was a uh Italian um film called Zombie Holocaust, and then somebody uh in the United States decided to make another movie. And that's one of the, my um one of my hooks i guess you'd say like something that actually like uh well let say turns me on but it it, it gets my intention is that i love shit that like somebody had a movie and then another dude took it and made a different movie out of it (laughs) that makes sense like i i'm obsessed with it and i i have like a whole collection of these things and um there's another, I think I, I recently watched another one just like this where the you know, the, the original movie is lost. And anyway, Um uh, so I, 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 it intrigued me and it turns out that the, the Dr. Butcher has nothing to do with any sort of slasher. It is a very standard, um, Italian zombie film of the area era. In fact, it has some of the same cast as Fulci's zombie. And, um, alien contamination by uh gosh what's his name there uh luigi cozy so it's it, like i actually enjoy it. like i really like act the one of the actors is ian mccullough who's like in all this stuff and he's fantastic so the film is you know pretty much i've seen this film before uh the, the oh, disappointment so you, you, you no got, i mean I've seen this type of film before with oh, this cast. It's yeah. like I said, it's very similar to Fulci's zombie, except they've added a cannibal aspect to it. But the interesting part about it for me was that, um, the fella that the New York distributor is another guy who was like really involved in Kung Fu movies. And I, I find him a fascinating, he's like, he's a real, uh, uh was a times square grindhouse guy Uh and really he didn't do a heck of a lot to this film i watched both versions he what he did was for the opening credits he purchased somebody's unfinished film and (laughs) used the footage for the credits to kind of do this narrative so it's it's very it's very subtle um, Uh what he did and it's not as You know, the marketing for Dr. Butcher was more important than the film itself. He really didn't make a lot of changes to Dr. Butcher, MD. Uh, He just gave it a sensational title and um, and added these new credits. And it was like, oh, okay. you know, it, it wasn't I was expecting like that's the part I really like to do. And this is just, you know, one of my hang ups is I like to watch the original film and then watch how someone ruined it you know, or made it weird or changed scenes, you know, and um right. I really didn't get a lot out of it. Um, but I oh. enjoyed it because the film itself was um a palatable little pot boiler that I had not seen
1: before. Well there you go. And it yeah. satisfied your your craving at the time. Yeah, I,
0: I don't mind early eighties splatter horror. Um I'm not a slasher guy, but Like zombies and all that stuff. I, you know, I I don't actually mind that stuff.
1: Well, it's. I'm glad you brought up uh, horror Mm -hmm. because I also had placed an order a while ago. See if I can find this here. Um, with uh, what are they called? Uh, Indicator. You know the company Indicator. No. Um, really great stuff. Like they put out these hammer box sets. They're up to volume six. That's the one I got. It's got Shadow of the Cat, The Phantom of the Opera with Herbert Lom. Uh, oh, that's a disappointing and, film. <laughs> uh, and, and Captain Clegg uh, with a ton of extras on, on each one of them. But that's that set. And then I got uh, Golden Voyage of Sinbad from 77, which I bet I haven't seen since it was on, you know, again, the ABC Sunday night movie kind of thing.
2: That's That's
0: uh,
1: my favorite. That's my favorite Sinbad film it's great it's great yeah. and it's got tom baker in it for god's Caroline
0: sake monroe and john Caroline
1: philip law bro oh hubba hubba
0: oh yeah she's she's I, I'm, I'm still i'm still an at the earth's core Carolyn monroe like is my favorite but that's that's second i'll
1: i'll take i'll take carol monroe you know any anywhere she wants to be have you have you seen carol monroe now Uh, I saw, I actually saw, I looked her up a while back and I saw her at some picture of her at some show and she looks terrific.
0: She looks amazing. Yeah.
1: Um, But there's a great 20 minute thing with, with interview with Baker on this DVD going over his career and talking about Sinbad. And he's just as, you know, interesting and slightly full of shit as he's always been. (laughs) I, I could watch Tom Baker just talk about his day. Oh, just i'm gonna miss him he just he's just i'm I'm glad we have so much of him so many yeah
0: heavy- i I'm, I'm super glad of that and i also really like the fact that um he before he got doctor who he, he was like poor and he was also across the street playing in a cinema like you know how weird is that
1: yeah yeah, yeah. and he always tells that great story about getting the job and the bbc saying you got to keep you got to keep quiet for two weeks yeah and go back he went back to work on the building site with these these guys that you know they called him olivier or something they kind of joked you know like oh you'll make it someday kid kind of thing and um and then the one day he went to he went to work one of his last days at work it, it hit the newspapers and so when he shows up all of the co-workers are screaming and freaking out and they put on a little you know get a bottle of champagne for him and stuff and he tells that story again but but um they put together great stuff and i haven't watched it yet because i'm having some suddenly some issues with my region free my multi-region dvd blu-ray mine died Uh, it's not it's not playing any blu-rays suddenly the last couple of days yeah regular dvds only it's not playing u.s blu-rays and it's not playing these import blu-rays and i've tried every which way to get it to work and it's pissing me right off because this is just comfort to me but i got the um they also put out a box set of uh force 10 from navarone which has two different cuts and it's got a booklet and it's got some you know uh photo cards and all kinds of extras and stuff and um It's just funny to me that this movie that I ran to see as a kid because it had Han Solo in it and uh, never really had much nice set about it suddenly has a nice big double disc box set for Force 10 from Navarone. So I was looking (laughs) forward to watching that and all my hammers. Um, I only got to watch one of the hammers before this thing seemed to crap out. So that's very disappointing. That stinks. Yeah. Um, So, um, yeah. And of course, you know. Loki watched all of Loki. I have not. Uh, there's this other show that's on the on the Disney Plus. Have you heard about this show? It's it's like a, it's about these kids. Um apparently it's a series of books but um what's his name who played Buster in uh, Arrested Development. He's the lead plays twins in it and um um it's got a very Wes Anderson kind of feel to it. It's 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 kind of fun. Um, oh, no, I haven't I, heard of that at all. It's it's pretty it's you know, it's it's um it's it's a fun show. It's 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 good. Um so Loki and then um I just watched just marathoned the new McCartney uh show, which is McCartney and Rick Rubin. It's six episodes, just half hour episodes. Rick Rubin just walking through music with them and talking about stuff. And that was lovely. Um I'm trying to think of what else I've kind of besides movies. That I've been I've been deep diving on. Um, any shows you've been you've been marathoning or? Uh, I um no um
0: I'm behind on Loki. I'm behind on um Modok. Um just MODOK, trying to I think
1: th- I've watched th- I think three episodes of Modok. Yeah,
0: I watched three or
1: like I don't know. I, I, I don't there's certain
0: that. shows that I prefer to watch with like a kid. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, um, well, it's, it's hard to watch sorry, sorry. stuff by let me,
1: yourself. Let me re oh, yeah, that. no, with one of no, my kids. I don't, <laughs> want, I, I, let me be very clear. There are no yeah. shows I want to watch with kids. Let's be clear, okay? I don't yeah. have children. If you, if I go to your house and you have kids, I'll certainly watch something with them, but I don't make a habit of watching things with kids. But I see what you, you, you I get what you mean. There's, it's, it's, yeah. you want
0: to
2: see it work. We, on, we,
1: we, we, we we all watched The Black Widow. Uh, I have. Yeah. But but as new things go, I watched The Tomorrow War on Amazon. Oh, yeah, I heard Uh, about that. It's going to. I think sometimes, you know, the old adage, like, if you've got nothing nice to say, just just don't say anything. And I'm just going to say this. Two hundred million dollars. That movie cost two hundred million dollars. And that's all I'm going to say because the remedy for me was the Soderbergh film that uh, debuted on HBO Max called No Sudden Move mm. with Deniz Del Toro and Don Cheadle and uh, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. David Arbor. It's just great. It's just a. It's just like a film noir kind of pulpy. Uh, twisty turny, a uh, great script by uh, Ed Solomon, who, who did uh, all the Bill and Ted's. And I'm looking forward other. to that. Yeah, it, it's great. And it was just this this palate cleanser of, of getting to that. Um, I know I've talked about this show more than anybody cares to hear anymore, but the latest series of Inside Number 9 um, is up on BritBox. So all of the all of the series are up on BritBox. All of Inside Number Nine is up there if you have BritBox.
0: I watched one of those. Oh, you did. I watched the first uh, episode and it has uh, one of my crushes there, Jen from the It Crowd.
1: Yes, in in the uh, in the wardrobe. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm glad you did because you you. It's to me for my money, the number of episodes, the number of of themes they've taken, the style. I mean, there's there's an episode in this new season that is, um, it is a combination of a heist a heist story, uh, winking at reservoir dogs, and uh, uh, Comedia dell'arte, where you're wearing those like half masks. Some of the characters are wearing half masks. And pantomime, you know, British pantomime, where you sort of yeah. talk to the audience, you know, and they'll sort yeah. of turn the camera in between lines and stuff. I mean, they keep playing with...
0: And what, what they what they always accuse John Nathan Turner of doing? With yes, Hume. well
1: he put them all in friggin' Panto. Yeah, uh, but they 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 keep playing with with different genres within the format, which is once you get to the number nine, whether it's a warehouse or a house or a, an apartment or whatever it is, the entire story takes place in that one location. It never mm. goes. And, but each one of them is very different. Um, even, even though, even at their weakest, they're still better than 90% of what, what gets made. So I say it's the best anthology series consistently at best since the original twilight zone. And I stand by that. So the new season's up on, on BritBox, and, um, uh, yeah. And so if anybody has, I know that, I think it's the only place you can see it at this point is on BritBox. It used to be, it was on HBO max for a bit, um, and then the Disney plus show that I was just talking about is called the mysterious Benedict society. Huh. Um, it's, I think it's based on a series of kids books, but it's quirky and I've, you know, quirky in like a gravity falls kind of way. You know, oh. I like, Yeah, yeah. kind of like that. And, um, it's just fun. It's just kind of a, a fun, gentle kind of show. And I'm, I'm, I'm digging it.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. I- I picked up a film the other day that I can't believe I'd never heard of. Yeah. Um, it was called Super Stooges versus the Wonder Woman. And... Uh, Battle! It's, you've heard of it? <laughs> no. Oh. Oh. What is what, that? It is a 70s released film. I think it's Italian. But it is, you know, sort of like a, a, a kung fu um Comedy. I I it's hard to it's really hard to peg down exactly what this was supposed to be about or, you know, <laughs> but it was basically um, well, it's sure. it, it's basically there's there's Kung, there's Kung, there's an Asian hero, an African superhero and a guy that is supposed to be like the Phantom Immortal and um, he protects everybody from this tribe of amazons and of course it's a fraud Uh, anyway it's a lot of fun um the like you said you found it streaming you said sorry no i i had to buy a dvd of it okay and what was really funny about it was the the only dvd like somebody posted again in pod stallion's facebook group somebody posted the the trailer and i was like how the hell have i never seen this like i love stuff like this and this it it's it's a fun it's a fun you know it's an action comedy like the trinity movies or that sort of thing and uh-huh. um, it's it's like an italian hong kong co-production and early 70s and it's just everything about it is like god why haven't i seen this so i uh i bought it sight unseen on dvd and i got the worst dvd print i've ever like you know it's got the vhs hiss oh the no and you know like uh you know like when i got the box and i open it up it's just like a blank dvd in there You're like oh no um oh, no. but the film itself was still a, a riot i really enjoyed it and what was funny was i took to twitter after you know saying um really enjoyed this terrible print but i really enjoyed this and the first person to comment uh was joel hudson Oh, look at that. Who said, yeah, terrible print, but that movie's a blast.
1: You know, oh, and it was man. like,
0: you know, um, that, that was musical. a lot of fun. Yeah, it did. You know, um, I think he said something like, it's so glad that you, you you've you found it, you know, because I think he's a fan. And it's like, oh, OK. Still, I, you know, it's, it's like one of those things where you sit there and go like, how the hell? Like, there's still stuff out there to discover. And uh, today I found out. Because I was watching, I, I bought a new Paul Naschy film from uh, a company called Mondo Macabra. and it, it's one I've always wanted to see. But I always check out the extras first, and there's some coming attractions for the, the new films that Mondo is going to do, and I, I I wanted to go through them, and boy, they, they, they like to do films with nudity. Um, but one of the films was called the the uh, what was it called um, the Deathless Devil.
1: Okay,
0: and it looked goofy, so I started looking into it, and it's a Turkish film uh, made around um, 1972 that is a remake of a movie serial called The Mysterious Doctor Satan, um, okay. which they played on Magic Shadows when I was a kid, and I, I, I got hooked on the Mysterious Doctor Satan, and, and that's about a guy who decides to become a superhero. It's it's filmed, you know, it's it's in the 40s. Okay. He decides to become a superhero called the Copperhead. And he fights against this villain called Dr. Satan, who has a robot. OK. And it was like I remember loving that when I was like eight. And the fact that, you know, and I, I love Turkish films. Uh, They're just absolutely one of my obsessions. And it just it blew my mind that uh, I'd never heard of this.
1: You know, it's funny you say it. I'm 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 zipping through YouTube right now trying to find this guy. It, it, he made me think of you. Uh, his his channel is on the tip of my tongue. He's a very soft spoken Australian guy. Oh, OK. I know and, that guy, you know, and he, he's like, you, you know, I won't do the accent, but it's. like, yeah. Hello, everyone. And so I'm doing another thing. here. some a bunch of DVDs that I came from. Okay funny oh, you, you
0: mentioned that guy very and, serendipitous because the last thing i want to mention is he talked about his top five guilty pleasures recently
1: yes he and he i made,
0: had not heard of some of them yep and one of the ones he talked about was the ginger trilogy about its yep. female revenge films so yep. i bought one of the ginger trilogy i bought the film the abductors and it came in and I remember my wife going, What the hell's that? What are you buying there? you know, and I hate it. I hate this movie okay. Um, okay. it is
2: it
0: is it is basically uh it's basically like watching crappy seventies porn okay. but they're all beating on the women, and uh, the misogyny in it, it like I'm sure that it builds up to um A grand revenge thing
1: Uh uh-huh
0: but i don't want to take this journey you know i don't and and, like i was watching it in my office and i'm just like i don't even want like the the kids next door to hear me uh watching this well it's like
1: exploitation like an exploitation
0: yeah it's 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 low budget exploitation and you know to each their own like i'm not
1: well here's the thing here, let me let me just say the reason the reason I, I sort of mentioned him is because I've watched a bunch of I, I, I like his tone. I did, too. I, there's so much on YouTube that I just want to destroy. I, I hate he talks movies. about a lot of hidden gems in science fiction. And he brings things up that I'm like, I I've never even heard yeah, of this. Like, agreed. He, he's talking about Hammer films that that I mean, I kind of know. But like, you know, the, most most people don't think of when they think of Hammer. Uh, yeah, no, I I I'm still a fan of this guy. He did one the other day that was about did you know that there was a a a, a French uh film from like 82 or 83 that was done by Mobius? Yes, yes, that it's was bonkers. uh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It looks bonkers. And I'm like, yeah. what the hell is this? Like yeah. and I and I found it. It's streaming on uh, I haven't watched it yet, but um, but that guy has been every time I've watched one of his things, I've managed to write down a couple of titles like i've never heard of that or he'll do these these things like you know um things i gave another chance or things that you know like these you know um you know strange sci-fi of the 70s cult sci-fi of the 70s that doesn't get talked about or something um and i think he does a really good job of finding these obscure no,
0: he's great and i do actually like everything about his channel and um you know i don't um i don't really uh, consider like just because I didn't like these ginger films, teach their own, you know. Um,
1: yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't think you were writing them off or anything. Um, yeah, I'm just. I, so it's funny if we're thinking of the same guy, then yeah, he's got this way of like talking about these things and I'm like, I've
0: never. heard I of them. believe his his channel is called. Uh, wait, I'm sorry, I put it on. I believe his channel is called Terry Talks Movies. Is that I it? Th- it? I think. Yeah. That's it.
1: He's like he's Australian. He's very soft spoken, you know. Yeah. And, and 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 he he knows his
0: stuff. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, he does.
0: And uh, like I said, um, I, I didn't like the recommendation of the Ginger trilogy, but there's still another film um, on that top five guilty pleasures I still want to check out. Like I'm still gonna buy that other film.
1: Yeah, um, I, uh, every one of his things that I've watched. <laughs> I've I've found at least one title that I has intrigued me or like I didn't know he did had, had a sci-fi one like the 60s sci-fi that were kind of or like, oh, it was I think it was British sci-fi. These, these yeah. British, you know, not very well known science fiction and, and sort of they have a darkness to them or a, a weird, you know, premise or something. Um, he picked some great obscure stuff i think that's him
0: i I, if not i'll i'll correct myself yeah i
1: think i think it's the guy
0: jump in yeah but i i do um yeah he was doing british sci-fi and there was a bunch in there even i i had not heard of and it was like my god like you think you know everything yeah
1: yeah yeah it's um you know because there was another guy that had some up that that um You know, some of it is, it is. I mean, I hate to use the term clickbait, but it's like, oh, yeah. You you see a title or you see, you're like, oh, and then you, you know, you get a minute into it and you can tell from the way, you know, the tone of the person that you're like, they really don't know what they're talking about. They're, or or they're they're doing a character. They're doing a character and they're cutting to themselves, like doing a double take at the camera. And, you know, it's like the two guys I mentioned that time, I can't think of their names now, but it was, it was, they were like, we need to talk about Zardoz. Or we need to talk about Life Force. These two Brits that yeah. just just start, you know, they talk about the insanity of the thing, but then go into how it happened. And it was really engaging. And I, that's so rare to me to find someone there's, that, you know, engaging. Or there's like, a, there's a guy, apparently there's a guy, I watched a couple of these the other night, I forget this this kid's name. I say kid because he looks like he's about 12, but very sharp. But he was, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll like, this is my favorite 15 seconds from The Godfather. And he oh, yeah. isolated the scene. But then he did one that was like, <laughs> you know, everything that's wrong with Christopher Nolan and exposition. Yeah. And it's it's a critique, you know. Well, apparently he did one criticizing the editing of Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie. And yeah. apparently John John Ottman or Ottman or whatever his name is, that was the editor got wind of it like uh excuse me <laughs> and it came out of the woodwork and said i'd love to be on your show and we could talk about this son i don't know if you yeah. know <laughs> yeah. and and so he kind of had him on or did like a, a zoom call or something but um but there's a lot of that where these you know they, they've got it all figured out and this is what this is what I don't like about the way this thing was edited. it's like shut up God, you know you know it's,
0: what's funny is there's there's a couple of Canadians that do um you know cult movie reviews and um the, the, there's one guy that does it and i i to not gonna i'm not gonna name his name but um i I like him, but I wish he wouldn't do like he acts like he's put upon he's doing he's doing a bit yeah, and um I, I think he he knows his stuff. He's clearly a fan. He's you know, and I watch his videos, but I sit there and go like, "Oh, you know, dude, you're trying too hard." Yeah. And there's another guy, and I will name this guy because I I um I like him a whole lot and and he, he first of all, he's if he's not doing stand up, he should be doing stand up cuz he's funny. Uh he he's a guy, I think I think it's called Weird Movies with Mark. Okay. And um very 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 good delivery uh mm-hmm. i think he's local to me actually uh but one of the things i really like about him is the show used to be called bad movies and he changed it and he explained mm-hmm. why he changed it and he goes i can't call troll to a bad movie because i actually really like it <laughs> and um you know it, 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 that is very close to my heart um a lot of this i love i love trash cinema oh, and yeah. it, we oh we know yeah uh, but I mean I love it I don't I don't do the Michael Medved thing of standing on a hill going that's stupid and I'm smarter than it no I get like I I love it because most of the people that were trying to make it were doing it out of love or you know it's not it wasn't um, it wasn't done to for a well probably a lot of it was done for a cash grab
1: but it's it's in, it's like ineptitude well, and you know but this this is this is i think this is a good way to get across what you're what you're saying because i yeah. i feel i don't love it as much as you do or the way you do i appreciate it trash uh, it depends on you know it's it's hit or miss with me but i i appreciate it but i can excuse the cracks in the pavement on things like that easily okay Two hundred million dollars yeah, yeah, for a yeah. movie. Yeah. And I you couldn't write the script on a matchbook cover and you just go, how many people were involved with this? Yeah. How much time and effort and money? So I will give the edge to trash cinema or the the, you know, a for yeah. effort any day of the week because because you got an excuse. I didn't <laughs> expect to have people from Juilliard. In your your freaking-
0: expectations are lowered.
1: Yeah. yeah. I I think you're right. Um, You know, when it's a shit accent in a in a low budget thing and someone's doing a crappy, you know, whatever, mm. I can excuse it when it's a, you know, you know, a a 60 or 70 or 100 million dollar movie, an Oscar winning so and so. And, you know, Don Cheadle, bless his heart, doing Cockney in Ocean's Eleven. You go, did nobody did nobody (laughs) raise their hand and go, I don't know if this is working. I I just I think it's going to stop the thing dead in its tracks. Maybe next time. Let's let's just not do it. You God, know, man. that will irritate me more than bad effects or or, you know, a bad stunt or whatever. I can excuse it because it's you know, they're trying. It's like it's like, you know, it's, it's, I think it's you and I with the Ed Wood thing. It, that, that's what makes we love that movie so much. Yeah. It's embracing that that ineptitude, but the spirit behind it that's genuine you know this trying to actually make something and it may not turn out the way it, it should have but it was it was you know it was stacked against it on the way out the gate it was you know, never going to funny
0: the other day my uh my son and I were working together on a project and we came home and we were joking about a movie called Miami Connection that we both love and i turned on the Roku and it was streaming oh uh through the Rift Tracks channel and like I, I, I ran and got my son. I go, how weird is this? Miami <laughs> Connection is streaming, and we both watched the whole thing. <laughs> and Miami Connection is a hilarious film. It is a guy. Um, I don't know if you know about this, a guy by the name of YK Kim, who owned a you know popular dojo. He's a motivational speaker, and he decided to make a film, and it is, um, it is just wonderful in its naivete. Uh. Uh-huh. And it, it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful time capsules of the 80s, you know, um, and it's it's clearly like everyone's speaking dialogue by someone whose English is his second language. Right. You know, and, <laughs> and it's just it's it all works. It's all it it's pretty terrible, but it all sort of works and you kind of love it. You know, you 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 so love it. You-
1: let me ask you this. Do you, yeah. you have you heard of this movie called Psycho Gorman? I have heard of it. I haven't seen it. I, you know, um, I'd be curious I, I can't you, judge it. Yeah. I'd be curious what your take would be on this because, because it had me for the first 15, 20 minutes. Um, and then it kind of lost me and I won't say why, but it's streaming and it's, you, you know, it's, it's like up on prime, I think, or something.
0: I am uh, very, um, but it, not cool with intentional, um, exploitation. Like
1: I'm not a big fan of Rob Zombie's films. Um, you know, it's, it's, this is more, this is more like it, it, it's, this is, this is what it, how it struck me is they, the making it, they love the stuff that you're talking about. Yeah. So this ends up being kind of an homage. It's a comedy. I mean, oh. And it's got, oh it's okay. Got, yeah. It's about a you know this alien entity that's been buried under the ground for a million years. That's the most powerful being in the universe. These two kids find it, and then this little you know the little girl has the little stone that controls it, and it can't. But it's like this powerful being, and it's and it's silly. Um. But it's really over the top. Like really. Oh. Like the like the um you know you've seen mandy right uh no i haven't oh Uh, okay
0: yeah uh well like like the the over the top the over the top gore can lose me a lot of the times like i've tried to watch films that are acclaimed that are modern and then you know they say oh yeah it's a homage to this or homage to that and then um i can't get into them because they desensitize me um I don't know yeah. what it is. Um,
1: it's kind of like they, they sort of purposefully want you to see the strings in this.
0: It's faux grindhouse. And
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't...
0: Well, I'm sorry, I haven't seen Psychogorman, so I'm not talking about that. Um, but it's tough for me to... Uh, it's like processed food to me. Um, yeah. Because, you know, for something, a lot of things that are grindhouse... Well, they were filmed on 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 shoestring budgets and the film looks terrible because nobody cared. And you can see the boom mic and and uh, there's very few uh, Black Dynamites in the world for me where would you put something you put, like, hits all the buttons, you would know,
1: you put Death Proof and uh, um, Planet of Terror kind of in there with 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 Black Dynamite as they pulled it off. They they're clearly winking at the genre They're They love it
2: they're giving tips
1: mm-hmm. in film would you put those in that same
0: like I they- really I really like grindhouse uh on the level of like damn it this was validating you know yeah um do i like how many times i i've watched believe it or not it's surprising when i when i saw the film in the theater um i thought planet terror was more fun uh but now i think i've watched death proof more times than i have planet terror
1: it's funny you say that because i did the double bill i went and saw yeah it on the double bill with all the trailers and stuff and i can't i cannot do death proof i just cannot oh really I Saw it in the theater and then I, I watched it again on the dvd set the, the tarantino set that i have um uh and planet terror to me is a little bit better but i have an easier time
0: i find to it too and i like robert Rodriguez. i do yeah. Uh I just find it it's it's
1: too much. Um I just couldn't take all the all the conversations with the the yeah, no,
0: I'm not saying, with, I'm not saying that um, I,
1: I like the ending of
0: death proof. If I've got to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, and I'd watch Rosario, Rosario Dawson, read a phone book, but, um,
1: yeah, but just the whole, you know, we're going to get a, we're going to rent this car and then we're going to do this stuff. Oh, yeah.
0: So, it seriously needs, needs an edit job. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, it's just, it's hard for me, but, but I, but again, the the to see, I'm I feel I'm glad that I got to the theater to see it all in one go and have God, the.
0: That was the worst Easter ever. I I went with my friend to the late show of that, and we were like home at like two a.m. I think <laughs> I think I fell asleep at one point during Death Proof because, you know, we had gone to the we had gone to the the Irish pub and, <laughs>
1: yeah. and
0: had a Not couple a of, had a couple of Guinness before we went to the film. Not a good and, way
1: to six hours of
0: yeah and hope. then um the next day like my wife was like well you're helping out with easter you know and i was like um and, like,
2: and i get back
0: and i'm like yeah fine you know i'll help out with the egg hunt and stuff but like i was i got home at like two so i slept on the couch you know and um so the kids are like you know i had my kids when did death proof come out like um uh, I think my kids were like in kindergarten at that time. Um, yeah, two thousand seven. So my sons in kindergarten and my daughter is in like preschool, and so they were up at like four, you know, <laughs> to <laughs> do the egg hunt. and uh, nobody questioned that daddy was still in his clothes from last night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That's your endearing memory of Grindhouse.
0: Yeah, that is. But, that is actually the big memory of Grindhouse. Yeah. Is like, and and I remember my wife going, "I hope that movie was worth it." I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah, No. Yeah.
1: Once again. But like, then
0: I think they yanked
1: it from theaters like right did, away. So it just, it just bombed, and they, yeah. they pulled then put them off uh, individually. I think, and it.
0: I don't. I think was did so excited well. about that when it came out. And yeah. I still love the experiment. I like that just everything yeah, oh, that's totally. everything about what I like, but yeah, yeah, it yeah, it it didn't it's not my favorite. Um yeah. uh, like Black Dynamite captures that genre so perfectly. Yeah, I
1: think
0: um, so too. Yeah. So, yeah, but All right.
1: yeah. well, there you go. There are some things we've been watching and loving and enjoying and maybe you guys will get turned on by them too.
0: Yeah i hope Uh, you all learned something and send us some movie suggestions send us some genres
1: yes and uh we'll we'll do this again this week i think um
0: yeah yeah no i'm I'm free i'm free a few days and and uh actually we could probably do something in the morning man
1: yeah let's do it all right all right well thanks Thanks, everybody. everybody enjoy